How do children's authors build strong book businesses and grow their impact? By hanging out with Lori here on The Writer's Way. Okay, so last episode, I alluded to the fact that I started looking for books to do book reviews on social media because I like to start these series with a bit of a book review so that if you want to dive deeper, if you want the information maybe firsthand rather than listening to me talk about it, that you could go and you could find it. And so this, I actually started down this this rabbit hole, so to speak, in December. So I had that week, you know, between Christmas and New Year's Eve, I, I had this idea to do social media, to talk about social media and selling on social media and make it easier for all of us children's authors. And so I went looking for some books and I, I read a couple that were my, meh, like weren't even really worth anything. And then I listened to a podcast actually it was like a video podcast Roy Fur I don't know if anybody's into copywriting but Roy Fur F U R R he's on YouTube every day Monday to Friday about copywriting and marketing and he's really um, great to listen to he has tons of information really really helpful and so one day he had this author on and the author blew my mind and it led me to rabbit hole of YouTube videos where he did interviews when he launched his books and he's really something to watch because he kept the same line, the same story, like he just really had it down pat, his messaging. So his name is Brendan Kane. I don't know if you're going to recognize it. What you might recognize is the cover of his first book because I've seen it so many times on Instagram, like in the ads, but I always discounted it as being one of those free shipping, like free book or pay for shipping. Just, it's not a scam, but they... It's just this very marketing heavy, I don't know. I've just seen it so much that I it, I have reactants. If you've been in the Facebook group lately, we've been talking about reactants. And so that kind of ad with the free plus shipping uh, really causes me reactants. But anyway, so after I saw him on Roy's video show, I went looking for his book and then I was laughing at myself because I'm sure that I had seen it so many times. So his book, his first book is called One Million Followers, How I Built a Massive Following in 30 Days. And I'll link it in the show notes here. And then I immediately went to his second book because it appealed to me as a copywriter. It's called Hook Point, How to Stand Out in a 30 Second World. And I grabbed both of these books because I was really excited to learn more from Brendan. He seemed like, well, he didn't seem like he is a super savvy guy. He's worked with like huge names, Taylor Swift, Katie Couric, like huge names. He's done some really amazing things. I was super excited to get his books. So there I am, December 2021. I open up the One Million, Million Followers book. I think I got one chapter in and I was... I was not literally, but quite figuratively throwing up in my mouth. I had to shut it down and walk away. And I didn't pick it up again for probably a month when I thought, okay, I can do this. And I'm going to tell you why. It's nothing about his writing. It's nothing but his strategy. It's nothing about him. It's fantastic strategy. If you want to show up on social and be an influencer, if you want to spend hours of your day dedicated to social media, creating content, and then putting it out there. Like, it made my brain hurt in a way I can't even describe because I so don't want to be that person. I so don't want to spend my days doing that. I have a limited number of hours a day, and I've actually finally found what I love doing. And that's why I said last show, like, I don't even focus on my own book marketing, which my husband just gets so mad at me about. 
I have it kind of up and running in the background, but I love setting up marketing systems for other people. And so authors and coaches and consultants, and I'm doing a designer right now and lots of different businesses, but it's what lights me up. And so that's what I want to spend my time doing. And when I, when I read, I started reading his book, I started reading what his strategy is. So for example, he talks a lot about going viral, like a viral video, And he talks about all the research that has to go into it, like what's going to make it stand out in the first like five seconds. Oh my gosh, it was too much for my brain. (laughs) But there's some really great stuff in the book. So hang on and I'm going to do just a little bit of a review of it and then you can go and find the books and see what you think. So what Brendan does talk about in in the book. It's not about timing your posts on a certain day. It's not about picking specific memes, hashtags, fonts, colors, none of that. It's not about trying to trick the algorithms to boost content. He actually talks uh, a lot in depth about how the algorithms are there to help you and how you can learn them so that it does help to get your 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 posts seen in a completely different way than they ever have been before. He talks about why a lot of the current sort of social media practices, let's say, are never going to work. They make going viral almost impossible, actually. Something I thought was really interesting in the 100 million, or not 100 million, million followers in 30 days book was he was really, really clear about what you do to get the followers, I guess regardless of how many followers you get, is not the same as what you do to keep your followers. And so there's different strategies, different, yeah, different strategies that go into growing followers versus keeping followers, which I thought was like such a great point. Then he talked about the number I don't know if I'm saying this right, the number of pieces of content that are published. Remember I said last show, it's not apples to apples. You're not comparing yourself to just other children's authors. You're comparing yourself to like every other content creator out there, whether they're famous or not famous, etc. Anyway, so Brandon says there are, are you ready for this? Seriously, there are let's say almost 4 billion content creators. So people like on social media, making stuff, putting stuff out there. But what that means is on a day-to-day basis, there's over a hundred billion pieces of content on social every day. And you've been wondering why your stuff is not being seen, right? Okay. So he goes on to talk about why social media doesn't work for so many people. And he says it's a lot of mindset issues holding us back because we feel like after spending time, effort, money, money to get our best ideas up and running on whatever social media platform that we're on, and then our content falls flat, we kind of blame the algorithm or we say social media doesn't work, whatever. But that's not technically true. So what he says is you have to think Not like a marketer, but like a content creator. So have you ever seen one of those people who, it's like a not professional content creation job, but they do really cool camera tricks and they have transitions, like crazy transit, like the TikTokers, right? They spend a lot of time and energy to to create a piece of content that is really enjoyable for us to watch. So have have you ever watched one of those pieces of content just by 
like an amateur person, but have you ever watched one of those and felt like, yes, I really want to do that? Because for me, that's the opposite of how I feel. I, f- I feel like that is a really cool trick or a really cool transition. I never want to spend the time to learn how to do that. And actually, my family had COVID in January, and so I was stuck in my room alone. So I cleaned my laptop, like cleaned all my files and that kind of stuff. And I found this old course on TikTok. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to learn TikTok this weekend when I'm sick. And it was fun. It was fun. I had lots of ideas. I... I put up an account. I did some stuff. It's not the way I want to spend my day. So as soon as I was up and moving and mobile and I wasn't contagious, I like I don't think I've been on TikTok since. It's a fun place for me and the kids to kind of look at funny dog videos and things like that, but it's just not a place that I want to be creating things. Anyway, sorry. Sorry about the tangent on me. But anyway, when when you're on social, do you ever come across something that looks too professionally done? Too, it's too much like an ad. And so you're going to experience reactants if you see that. Anybody does. And so it's when you know you're being sold to, it gives you an ick feeling. Your hand goes up. Stop. I don't want to hear that. You you keep scrolling or you you... You just go past that content, anything that looks like an ad. And you're not alone. Lots of people, millions of people scroll past ads all the time, right? And we don't like them. They actually can make us a little bit angry. But because of the amount of content being put out into the world every day, billion paces, Brenda's like philosophy is you have like three seconds to grab people's attention on social. And if you don't get it, they're just going on to the next the next post or just scrolling. So three seconds. So it might not be that you're creating bad contents, but it might be that you're just not grabbing attention in three seconds. I mean, who, who is? So if you are going to keep posting on social or you do want to be a content creator, quote unquote influencer, that's how you have to think. That's how you have to reframe Whatever you're putting out there, you need to make it so that it stops the scroll, so to speak, within like three seconds. In addition to creating this kind of content that really stops the scroll so quickly, you also need a system for your social media that is constantly evolving, according to this book, because social media is constantly evolving, right? So if you're using a strategy from a year ago, even six months ago, chances are good that it's not going to still be working as effectively or even at all. So you really need a dynamic system that changes with the marketplace, with social media. And it, and he says, you have to keep up no matter how fast social media changes, you have to be dedicated to keeping up. Okay, I really like how he talks about what he calls the common sense because it's like what most of us do when we post on social. And he's laid it out like this. We kind of have our brand guidelines. Let's say you have your brand imagery and your brand messaging. Then you move forward to your your creative ideation. So what that is is just what the post is going to have like for the picture and for the caption. Then you make a content plan by month or by quarter. Then you go ahead with production and posting, so that just means actually creating it and scheduling it or posting it or whatever. And then at the end of those four steps, you review the results every month or every quarter, and you go back to the creative ideation, which is, again, where you just think, okay, what am I going to say and what's it going to look like? 
And that's how you just go. So you do steps one, two, three, four, you create your posts, you make a content plan, you get it out there, then you review your results. And it does really seem like common sense, doesn't it? And so he says 99% of people who use this model, this common sense model, are actually completely failing on social media. And it's because you, it's, and it's actually, it makes sense when you think about it, you create what you assume other people will want, even based on your research or whatever, like from your brand point of view, but you create your content and you put it out there and then you collect data on the back end. So after it's been out for a month or quarterly, then you get your data and then you use that to inform more content. But he's like, no, you need to get your data from your your market research, like start doing market research, start doing product focus groups and get the data up on the front end and that should inform your content. Okay, so hands up. How many of y'all out there have a focus group? How many of y'all out there do some market research and then create content based on that? It makes a lot of sense, but how many people are actually doing it? So in essence, what we're doing is we are guessing what people will like and what people will respond to and what they will click on, what would stop their scroll. Usually it's based on what we think we like and what we would click on, what stops our scroll. And so it's just, it's, it's just bad data. We're making creative decisions based on what we think will work and success then is just really left to chance because we don't have any research or data to back up this, this content that we're creating. So I'm going to try to explain his, his model, which is opposite of the content or the common sense model. And then if you're interested, you can go, then I'll probably finish up and you can go check out the book if you want and, and learn more if this is something you're interested in. So he's saying, start with your research and your data collection. So that makes sense, right? It's often, it's kind of like when you do a sales page or you do any big like copywriting to sell things, you don't just write what you think will work, you write after doing market research. So this actually makes a lot of sense. So start with your research and your data collection, then make some creative. So that's like, let's say we're talking about ads, like make your ads, make your images, use your copy and do like a rough version because it's a hypothesis. And so he's saying, take that sort of guess based on the data and, um, Using that, make your post, even though it might not be 100% sort of fine-tuned, use the data to create that post, let's say. So then you make one iteration, and he's saying put money behind it, like so boosted, he's not probably saying boosted, sorry. He's saying like put money behind it like for ads and things, and then see how it does, and use that data that you collect to confirm your hypothesis or to negate it and then go back to the drawing board and fine tune it at that point. So start using research and then just get something out there fairly quick, but you think that is fairly close to what the research is telling you, put some money behind it and test it. And he's got some really great ways you can do that. 
in his book. So he, he really talks about targeting your audience, choosing a message that will work, fine-tuning. So his process, what I just told you about, that a great way to say that is fine-tuning. He fine-tunes it. He doesn't just put something out there and it doesn't work and he moves on to the next thing. So he starts with research. So he's pretty sure it's going to work. And then he fine-tunes it based on based on more research, right? So he's got some really, really cool things in the book, I'll be honest. Just because it was rough for me <laughs> to read because it's like the last thing I want to spend my time doing doesn't mean that that will be the same for you. So the truth is I really like the idea of his hook point book because I talk about hooks a lot in, in copywriting and so it really appeals to me, but I haven't even made it through the first book, so I can't review the second one for you yet, I'm afraid, but I will link them and I will... I, I'll put them out on my social posts when I share this podcast so that you can go and, and check the books out. If you buy the books from his website, which I don't know what that is off the top of my head, I'm sorry. So either Google Brendan Kane with a K or Google 1 million followers, but you'll, you'll find it, I'm sure, from there. But he sells the books from his website. And then automatically you're going to get, like if you're really interested in this in his strategy and you really do want to try and employ it, like you're really a fan of social media, this is where you want to show up and this is where you want to put your time and energy. He's got some courses. So they're called upsells. So if you buy the book, then he'll be like, hey, do you want this course for only this much dollars? And you'll get on his email list. And so you'll just be in his his sphere of influence. And so if you are interested in social media and all this kind of stuff, then I would say, don't get it on Amazon, get it on his website. I'll try to find the link and put it in here. Um, but anyway, that is my book review. And that was the, the, the story. This is where I started in December. And then I had to just file it all away because I couldn't stomach it, couldn't stomach the idea of doing all this. And I thought I'd still share because I think his strategy makes a ton of sense. And for anybody who's out there wanting to really make this their thing, do a social media first strategy, I think he'd be a great, great person to learn from. So there you go. Do come back again when I talk next week about the opposite side of the spectrum, which is not a social first strategy. I'm going to share, I guess, Lori's strategy, which is show up on social as little as you can. <laughs> okay. Talk to you next time.